Welcome to the Modern Miss Mason podcast. My name is Leah Bowden and you're listening to Off the Cuff. Hi friends, welcome back to Off the Cuff. Before we jump into what we're going to talk about today, I must remind you, it is your last day to grab the Modern Miss Mason conference ticket at the early bird price. So it is our inaugural conference happening in person in beautiful rural Warwickshire in England this July. And I would love as many of you who can come to be able to come. So I also want you to grab the early bird ticket. So you have got um, until the early hours of Saturday morning, the 9th of April. So I was considering time zones, giving you till, you know, it was going to be finishing at the end of the 8th, but because of time zones, I want to honour that. (laughs) So early hours for the Brits, Sunday morning. And the other thing that we are going to set up today that you'll be able to do is this. If you are in the States, in Canada, somewhere else in the world, you cannot physically get to the conference but you would like to sponsor a British mum, dad, um, to be able to come to the conference, we have sponsorship tickets available. So you'll be able to go on to the link in the, the show notes and you can grab a ticket to bless somebody else. It's called Bless a Brit and um, we that it will be kept private. Uh, it won't be kind of advertised who has those tickets, who has those sponsorship tickets. But I will connect you with the person that you are sponsoring. And um, so so if you have, you know, if you know you can do that and you want to bless a Brit, jump on to the Eventbrite um, the page and you can grab one of those tickets as well. And then I will be opening up sponsorship places for those people who don't really have the financial means to book in this year but would really love to be with us. So help us bless a Brit, sponsor, get a sponsored ticket today. But if you can come, if you are able to travel to Warwickshire this July, then grab your early bird ticket. We are creeping towards full capacity and we have exciting things in store. It's going to be a great day. So can't wait to meet you there. Okay, here we go. Today's off the cuff is about the reluctant learner. So I have had lots of messages from you guys and I've loved every one of them. And some of them do overlap. Um, so there are some familiar sort of themes coming out to present at the on the off the cuff podcast. But thank you. Thank you for all those who have emailed or Instagram messaged mostly. Uh, nobody has dared to leave a voice note yet on Anchor. Somebody should do that. Um, so loads of ideas. I've got weeks and weeks of ideas. In fact, uh, I'm hoping to get out more than one a week at the moment because, um, yeah, just lots of things to share, lots of brilliant ideas. And um, this week, I, I really do want to talk about this idea of of some children are reluctant to learn, reluctant to get involved. So here is exactly the message that somebody sent me. I'd be interested in the topic of attitudes, what to do with a child who doesn't care, 
doesn't want to do hard or good work. Um, Charlotte Mason seemed against gimmicky reward systems, but if they don't have intrinsic motivation and doing, you know, best work for 10 minutes, um, it doesn't motivate them. How can we help? If they are uninterested in the books we choose, etc., and they don't listen, what can we do? So um, this particular person has asked me not to say her name, so I won't, but thank you. Dear listener, for sending that through and a really important uh, theme for our off the cuff session. In fact, um, a friend of mine who I um, mentor from afar, <laughs> um, she asked me the same question this week about this idea of internal external reward systems, how to motivate children. It's a really interesting thing, but I want to pull it right back really to the foundations of homeschooling. So there's there's such a crossover, isn't there, with home education and parenting. And I don't want to get particularly get into parenting. Um, I try to avoid that because there are so many different, well, so many feelings about, about that. And people approach that in so many different ways. But you do have to think about, is this a parenting issue or is this something that I have to have my re I know there's a crossover. I know we do both, but you know, is this something from an educational perspective that I need to explore with this particular child? So there are there are a few things that are at play here, but I would encourage anyone who is having who has children who are reluctant to learn to go back to the beginning, which is the first thing that we should be assessing is your why before your how. So first of all, why are, you know, what are your convictions? Why are you home educating? Uh, why are you doing this? And that is helpful to revisit. It's helpful to put, write it on a post-it note, put it in your journal, stick it on the fridge door if you have to. But I'm doing this and, and there are so many reasons, you know, to strengthen my child, to give them the best start in life, to give them the room to grow, to protect them, to give them a Christian education. Whatever it is, you may have um, loads of reasons and you need to remember that. That That is your, your why is what then you know, your how can build upon. So go back to your why. Why are you doing it? So don't worry right now. Just spend... Spend a few moments, spend a day if you like, just set down the homeschooling stuff for a minute, go back to the beginning. And, and I always encourage people I'm coaching that actually our foundations have to be revisited. You know, what did we put in there in the first place? Are they weak? Maybe we need to revisit that over this period of, you know, having a summer break is, is fast approaching for many people around the world. Um, it's a time to revisit the why. Now, the foundations then of, of the homeschooling then, you, you're building, you're putting in brick, brick by brick, slowly by slowly, you're laying down these firm foundations. And part of the firm foundations are expectations. And those expectations have to be communicated with our children. And I think one thing that I'm coming across so much at the moment in coaching, in doing running workshops, even just a bit of Q&A that has been going on behind the scenes in DMs, in emails, is this whole thing about expectations. And so many parents have come back and said, you know what, I did expect that they just knew that this is what we do, or this is what the day should look like, or this is the outcome. And if there are any struggles, if there is anything that is starting to frustrate you or your children, 
go back to the expectations. Are we all on the same page? Do we know why we're doing this? And do we know the how? Do we know the expectations of the rhythms of our day? And I think in doing that, in communicating that, in revisiting that, you are honoring the journey and honoring the children that you are teaching. So there are no expectations without explanation. An explanation, an expectation, helps motivation. So remember that. Um, <laughs> yes, this is off the cuff. I have not planned, but honestly, I have said this so many times to people. There are no expectations without explanation. Expectation and explanation hopefully equals motivation. So wh where are your kids at? Do they understand? So if you're getting frustrated that they don't enjoy the book or they just feel so sluggish and unmotivated and you know, they just moan about stuff, then pull it right back to a state of the nations for your family. Okay, you know what? Let's put everything aside. We're going to go out for dinner somewhere nice or for lunch. We're going to get a picnic, whatever it is your budget allows. We're going to have a day together to revisit the vision for our homeschool and the expectations for how we do this. That seems, could seem really cliche and really like, well, that sounds great. But actually you can do that. You can pause on the on, on the, the running of the week and the day and the term and wherever you are, you are fully capable and have full power to pause. Take the power to pause and take a picnic, take a lunch, take do something and have that team meeting, just like any company or business, when the when the ethics of the business or the just the, the the expectations are failing and stuff isn't working, a good manager will pause and say, "Hey, we need to pull this together and remind ourselves who we are, who we are, and what we're building here." And I think we have to do that with our homeschool. We have to do that. Remember why we're here, and this is my expectation. This is the adventure that we are on. Now, here's the caveat. We are working with children. <laughs> we are working with, bless them, born persons who are still in the process of themselves being drawn out of them and realizing who they are, forming their identity, personality, learning difficulties. I mean, all the, the spectrum of things that our children bring and all the things that you're dealing with in your household. But here again is the time to acknowledge those. You know, if you have a child on the spectrum, if you have a child with learning difficulties, emotional health difficulties, acknowledge that. Don't ignore that. Don't try to overlook that. Acknowledge it. I recognize that you struggle in this area. So this is, you know, how can we put things in place to make sure we strengthen the day for you? Now, this is the thing what are your expectations? Are they too high? Are they too vast and great? Because often what I find when I'm chatting with parents around this issue is they are looking at images on social media, even the kind of teacher blurb that comes with some, some curriculums and they are setting themselves up for utter failure and this unrealistic expectation because that is not your family. You know, you are not this, this picture perfect Instagram capture. You are you with all, warts and all, with the mess and all, with all the stuff that your kids are going through. But this is what you have. This is what you get to do. You get to work with this beautiful family, no matter how flawed or how unusual or how in, how different they are from what you see. 
guard yourself from comparison, ladies, fathers, mothers, whoever is listening, guard yourself from comparison. Mute those accounts that are making you feel small and less than. And remember to stay in your lane. You are running your own race. That means you don't have to compete with anyone else. You know, I had a revelation today. I, uh, in fact, a couple of days ago, but it came back to me this morning. I've been planting some seeds and I planted some cress alongside, uh, and I was showing Sienna, my youngest child, some, some cress and how fast it grows and how we can put it in our salads. And I actually planted it alongside, as in in the same space in my conservatory, alongside some sweet peas. And I was, I'm growing sweet peas, I'm growing cut flowers this year, and I was growing them from seed. And I saw the cress came up super quick, I had it in two different places. One was like a shallow, you know, the packet says you can even grow it on kitchen kitchen towel. But that stuff just came up super quick and just and just died. And then I've got this nice little pot with a deep a deeper soil in. The crest grew really quickly. And this whole time we're watching this crest come up, nothing was happening with the sweet peas. Not even a little little sign of anything green. And even though in my head I know, I know from childhood that crest grows really quickly. I was getting frustrated thinking I've bought um, these cheap seeds, they're not going to germinate, this is not working, because I was watching the speedy growth of this um, easy to, to germinate food, this, this cress, and comparing it with these beautiful, long, uh, long living, long flowering uh, seeds of flowers that I, I was start you know at the starting point with that I was planning to to do a journey with all summer and the crest was just going to be cut off and used there and then and I was like whoa I am what am I doing comparing this quick speedy thing that is gone in a moment with something that I am about to go on a journey with and I think we sometimes do that with others around us. We can do it with other children. Well, my eldest child didn't struggle with this or, you know, I don't see other people's kids uh, not being motivated to work and all that kind of stuff, but we've got to stop that. Slow growth is strong growth. And even if you've got to go backwards, now not all of my sweet peas have germinated, but lots of them have now, and they're growing tall and strong and ready to be planted in the garden when the time is right. And you are growing you have planted your individual seeds and don't plant them where you can see sometimes where you can see other ones coming up quick and they're not just because they, they appear stronger and faster and like they're getting it quicker than you are it doesn't mean that they're going to last like that uh, and just like the crest they can be gone in a moment you know those highlights those picture perfect moments on instagram are, are exactly that they are moments they are not a lifetime and you in your homeschool are building a legacy you're building a lifetime of learning so whatever you're facing right now whatever you're feeling this week or this term like oh they're just reluctant to learn it's it remember it will not always be like this and if you heed some of this today that to go back to the beginning go back to your why think about are you communicating expectations and here's the same thing analyze your expectations are your expectations too high are they based on your family and your children or on some other thing that you're reading and seeing Whenever I start a conversation with a coaching client, I ask about their family. 
their individual situation, the support networks, the personalities, because we have to start with you. So that's what all those things are done, right? You have all that stuff, you know, pull it all back and get back to basics. Sometimes when you're renovating a house, you strip it back to the brick because you know this is not going to do us any good. And for some people's homeschools, it doesn't matter if you've been doing it three years or 30 years, you might need to strip it back to the brick. You might need to take it back to the foundations and begin to build again. And that is okay, you can do that. So take some time to consider what renovation work do I need to do here? This kid is not doing anything every day, we're demotivated. Here's another thing we can do. We can take it back to each individual child. Often with a family, we are looking at them and we are approaching these, our family, our children as this classroom, you know, they're a class. And so, you know, you want them to work together. You want it to be harmonious, but they're individual children. Charlotte Mason said they're born persons. We are, there are, they are, have individual connections with everything we're doing and reading. Have a one-to-one -one with each child. You know, what, what, what is it you're loving? What is it that's going on? Uh, what do you, what are you getting frustrated about? Have the conversations. They are people. Don't just get frustrated and try and buy another book or, or, or um, you know, read about some guru who will tell you what to do. Ask your kids, what's going on? What's frustrating you? What is happening in your heart? I love you. I want us to do well here. Find out what is happening with them. And then here's where we build. We got, we've stripped back to the brick. We've looked at our expectations. We've looked at our communication. We've talked to each individual child. And that is where you build from. Okay, what do you love? And if they're like, I love learning about um, dinosaurs, you know, I love reading Shakespeare plays. Um, I love being outside. I just want to see my friends more. I mean, there could be tons of stuff. And just think about how can you then begin the rhythm where you're where you're making sure you're you're weaving into uh, the rhythm of the day the things that they love the things that motivate them where can you bring that into the day. A little side note on preteens and teenagers, uh, just psychologically, physiologically, there's tons going on with them. If you're homeschooling, I encourage you to let them sleep a bit longer if they need to sleep a bit longer. Let them have extra snacks if they need extra snacks. Snacks and naps are for toddlers and teens. Um, just don't, don't fight it. Let them graciously and gracefully grow into this time knowing you've noticed them, you've seen them and you love them. So please think about those things. They are often, they're just tired and hungry or they need a hug but won't admit to it. So just remember those things. Okay, so now we're building back on those foundations. We are actually taking it from the brick and we're saying, right, I need to rebuild this rhythm. So you are, you know, you can start the day if everybody's, you know, look at when does it start to decline? When do they start to just check out? And, um, you know, gather around food, a brilliant thing, breakfast. You know, what can you uh, have together, sit together and just read one thing. If you can engage them for that one moment around food and then finish, you know, let them do their independent work, whatever it is. And you're building from that place again. You're creating a rhythm. And the thing is, when you're doing all this stuff around expectation, communication, motivation, 
all that is hanging in the atmosphere. And what does Charlotte Mason say? Education is an atmosphere, a discipline, and a life. The atmosphere of our homes are things we celebrate, the things we communicate, the things that we ask questions around and give room for. All that stuff is super important for building the atmosphere of our home. And our kids pick up on that. You know, they want to, they they will feel it, they will move with that, and they will understand that that is what is going on. So think about those things, the things you ask, the things you celebrate, the things you talk about with those in the home, the things you discuss over the table. They're really important. They, they, They set up the atmosphere of the home. So what do they love? What is it that's motivating them? You know, if you're completely hitting a wall and it's nothing, 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 then you have got to really look at what else is going on in the child. I would really, if there is nothing at all that sparks an interest that is really drawing out of them, then I would be, you know, really asking some some important questions of that child. Are there some struggles there? What else is going on in in, in internally? Um, yeah, because there's there's you know where there's a reaction, there's generally a root, and there's something else going on. We think we know what our kids are, are thinking, and and you know we think we know them better than anybody else, but actually we still have to ask those questions. What is going on? And that is the most adverse situation when they think nothing is changing here. Um, then you know ask the right questions, get the right help, get people around them to do what's right. And you know what, guys, I'm just gonna say this. For some, it might be that you they they go to a charter school for a couple of days, they have some more classes outside of the home. You know, there may be the answer may not be what you want or what you like, but don't close off to everything because they're born persons. You need to hear them and it's not about you. <laughs> Sorry. So you're looking at the foundations, you're looking at your why, you're you're analysing your expectations, have you communicated them? Has there been a an explanation of the expectation? And hopefully that will then cultivate some motivation. You've gone, you're stripping back to brick, you're looking at the foundations and then you build upon those bricks. Here are three things that you can build upon your foundations of your why relationship, reading and rhythm. Here are the three things. When I strip everything back and when I talk to coaching clients about this, we pull everything back and we start to build with these three things. Relationship, rhythm and reading. Relationship, you're asking those questions, you're having those one-to-ones where you can, you're loving on them, you're listening to them, you're not checking out, you're not going on your phone when they're trying to tell you something. Um, you know, how can you um, increase that quality time together? Rhythm, I'm not talking about schedules and, and ticking off things and ticking off lists, but you're looking at rhythm. What does it feel like to move through the day as a member of your family, as a person who is in your homeschool? What does it feel like to move through the day? Do they know what's happening next or are you always winging it? Um, I've done both. <laughs> um, but children need to feel secure. They need to feel mum knows not what's going 
going on next even if you say just give me a minute I'm just going to pull from a few options here but there is a rhythm you know 15 16 years of doing this there are some elements of our day that we've been doing right from the beginning generally I gathered learning time at the beginning of the day but reset the rhythm you know what is is there an expectation around lunch times around food around what books go with what time and be joyful in that be joyful in your rhythm and third of all reading so we've got relationship rhythm and reading I think just reading together no matter what the age of your children um you know just find a brilliant engaging read aloud if that's the only thing you're reading aloud to them in the while you're trying to figure this out you know be passionate in your reading engage the children in it um make it cozy make it inviting when you you might be reading a stack of books you may be actually reading one it doesn't matter when you're re-engaging the family and re-establishing your foundations just get back into the habit of reading together and reading aloud. The other th other thing of reading is that you can have an allocated quiet reading time uh, after lunch, everything, you know, all, all devices, everything switched off and away and you all have a, a book that you pick up in that time, which is brilliant to do together. If you can get, you know, children, sometimes it's stick an audio book on, put their air AirPods in, um, headphones and and listen to um, an audiobook in that time as well. All right. Well, I have been speaking for over 20 minutes. I can't believe that. Um, and truly, honestly, you can ask my husband. He's just looked in the window. This is off the cuff. Guys, next week I have a bonus episode for you as well as an off-the-cuff episode. And I have interviewed um, Linnea Gore and Twyla Farm, who are the artist and the author of the new children's book, Charlotte Mason, The Teacher Who Revealed Worlds of Wonder. And it's a full-colour book for children sharing a little bit of Charlotte's life and biography, really. It's fantastic. So you'll be able to listen to their story, and that will be out next week. And there'll also be an off-the-cuff out next week as well so we'll keep them coming guys if you have things that you want to discuss I have a little list working through now you can either get me on email Instagram or you can click the link in the notes of this podcast and you can send me a voice message through the anchor app and I you know if with your permission I'll use the voice message in the podcast guys it's been great to talk with you I hope this has been helpful I hope this has felt like having a cup of tea with me even though I didn't get you to talk I know I know I can talk um don't forget book in to the conference in July or bless a Brit buy one of those sponsorship tickets and I'll uh see I'll, I'll see you I'll either see you in July or I'll speak to you I'll be here this time next week mm -hmm.